0: Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane, I'm a mother of three, living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. If you're a regular listener, you'll have heard me talk about decision fatigue or overwhelm. Children can become overwhelmed when given too many choices, including having many toys available at one time. But by rotating toys, you can keep the selection new and fresh. There aren't too many choices that overwhelm your children. And every time you do this rotation with the toys, it's like your children have brand new ones to explore. So here today to help me discuss this topic is professional organizer Melissa Corvo. But before we get to the conversation, as always, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review on iTunes if you haven't done so yet. Leaving rating and reviews on iTunes is one of the best ways you can help this podcast continue to succeed and grow. All right, so I'm sitting here in my closet and I'm trying to figure out what to share for my minimalist moment of the week. I was trying to think, do I have a resource? I'm sure that I do. It's just 1130 on the night that this is supposed to go live. So my brain is not working as well as it typically does all that to say, I had a thought come to mind. It was from Dawn Madsen, who was on the podcast last week. She had a recent video talking about minimalism not being as trendy. I guess when looking at searches, minimalism hasn't been as popular as in previous years. And one of her ideas was maybe it's because minimalism can be hard. When we are decluttering our homes We have to come face to face with purchases that we wish we wouldn't have made. And that is a difficult process. There is also the sentimentality aspect um, that goes into play here. But the thing that stuck out the most was confronting the money that has been spent. And maybe that's just because I'm a frugal person, but that is a very difficult thing in those initial days, those initial months, those initial years when you first start. Living with less. And another thing that she mentioned was it might not be as trendy because everywhere we look, we are being marketed to. Anytime we scroll through Instagram, it's like three or four posts and then there's an advertisement, three or four posts and there's an advertisement when it used to just be photos of our friends and family. So don't forget that those are there intentionally. They want you to spend money, they want you to be hooked. We had a whole episode on this, but it might not be as trendy because it is harder to avoid those enticing purchases. And if we can't say no, then it's just, it ends up another purchase that we've made that maybe we regret and then we have to confront it. And it's just this cyclical thing that makes minimalism really hard and not trendy anymore. So I hope that makes sense. I'm going to link the video in the show notes because it's worth checking out. And I'm going to link the video that she originally started posting about as well. Um, So yeah, that is my minimalist, not moment of the week, but my thought for you of the week. So let's get into this conversation with Melissa. It's a really great one and I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's helpful for you. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me again on the minimalist moms podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely, I'm excited to have you back. And for those of you that may not have listened to that first episode that Melissa was on, go back and listen to the series. All actually, everyone was really great that I had on that series. But today we're going to talk about toy rotation, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are familiar with toy rotation, but they haven't executed it yet, and that's what you're here to talk about today. So before we get there, why don't you just go ahead and reintroduce yourself real quick?
1: All right, great. Thanks. Um, my name is Melissa Corvo. I am living in Maryland. I'm a mom of three. I'm a former teacher, Um, I left teaching to stay home with my three kids, and I actually incorporated a lot of the elements that I used within teaching, such as organization and routines and things like that, within my family life, which was just immensely helpful when you have like three babies running you ragged. So after they kind of grew up a little bit on me and needed me a little bit less, I made a business out of it. So I have a business as an organizing and decluttering business, and I just help other people implement systems and routines within their own lives so that they can live life a little
0: bit calmer. Absolutely. And you do such a good job too on your Instagram. I am lacking in that area. So I always like to see what other people in the minimal <laughs> space you're doing. I'm like, you're so good at that.
1: Well, thank you. Well, honestly, when you don't have as much stuff, it's so much
0: easier. Like organization is almost not necessary when you have less, you know? Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into the conversation. Uh, we are talking about toy rotation, as I said. So do you want to just define real quick what toy rotation is if people don't know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, like all your listeners know at this point, I'm sure how too much can be too much. Um, It's overwhelming and it's hard to manage day-to-day life when you're overwhelmed with stuff. Now kids feel the same way when they're overwhelmed with toys. Unfortunately, it can be really hard for parents, guilt-inducing and all that stuff to um, get rid of their children's toys. So toy rotation basically allows you to keep more toys, but they're not out and accessible at all times. So the amount of toys that are out at any given time is not an overwhelming amount, which allows your kids to Play better, not be overwhelmed, treat their belongings better, all of those wonderful things, the benefits of having less toys. So, you can have the benefits of having less toys, but actually keep a little bit more than you might otherwise by using rotation. So, really, it can be adapted to any situation, any family in a few simple steps. So, um, we've been doing it for years and really like it.
0: Yeah, we do it with books. So, all yes. the Christmas holiday books, I Absolutely. haven't abandoned the basement. I'll bring them up probably honestly at the beginning of November. I think I did last year um, just so we have like two full months of them, but what does it look like um, in your life implementing a toy rotation?
1: Okay. So the first step to implementing a toy rotation always, always, always is to do like a great big purge.
0: I went
1: through a couple of years ago when I was going to implement the system and I created this list of criteria of what I was going to keep and what was just not going to be in my house. So um, everybody's criteria will look different, but for me, especially with my teaching background, I wanted to keep toys that encourage independent play, encourage creativity and imagination, things that would build skills or educational things that would grow with my children and things that are easy to keep up and maintain, meaning like not using a million batteries and not constantly being broken. They don't need my help to play with it. So after I came up with that criteria, I did like a massive toy purge and kind of sold a lot of toys, donated a lot of toys and just really kept what I felt like was really beneficial to my kids. At that point, when I had had a lot less, I actually did invest in all matching bins. Now this is not necessary by any means. You can use what you have, but I know that I'm lazy. (laughs) And I know that when systems are easy, I will keep them up. And if they're too complicated, I will not keep them up. So for a little while, when I got started, I would swap the toys. I'd take some toys out of a bin, like take all the Legos out of a bin and put them in a different bin that I was going to keep out and put everything else in a box in the closet. And it was just a lot. So what I ended up doing is I bought a set of 20 matching bins. Um, I think they were Sterilite bins. They fit perfectly in my cube unit. And I think I spent like $100 on them. So I put all the categories of toys that I was keeping in a bin. And then what I determined is that I would keep a certain number out and then put a certain number away. And that number that you keep out is going to be different for you know, the amount of kids you have, the ages of your kid. But I would say a really great guide to that is I wanted my kids to be able to clean up their playroom on their own. So I wanted a number of toys that was easy enough for them to manage. And that's how many I kept out. So that number would actually change as they grew older, as their interest changed and things like that. But I would start with maybe a four or five categories of toys. So maybe you have out the Magformers, maybe you have out a dress up box, maybe you have out a kitchen set, and maybe you have out some Barbies or whatever, whatever your kids are into. And then keep them out for however long you determine. I would do once a month. So on like the first of the month or around then I would swap out the bins. I would take the bins that are out and I would bring them downstairs and put them in the closet. And then I would put some new bins up. And let me tell you, even though all of those bins were full of the same toys that my kids had always had, it was a Christmas morning when I would pull out the toys that they hadn't seen for a month or two. So it's a really great way to get them to appreciate and use the toys that you've got.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm wondering what other struggles might be if we're thinking about other people, like, can you come up with a scenario that someone might run into a, in any kind of issue? The issues that you may have with this is
1: like, you need... A place to store the toys when you're not using them.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: whether that's putting them in a long skinny bin and sliding them under your bed, or putting them up in your attic, or putting them in a storage closet, or in a larger Tupperware unit in the um, garage, you need some place to store the the out of rotation toys. And also, bins are helpful. I think a lot of people rely too much on bins, but in this situation, like you're going to need to contain the Duplos. You're going to need to contain the Magformers. So it is easier to do if you have bins to work with. Mm -hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. Have you ever, because how old are your kids again? So my kids are actually growing out of my toy rotation now. They're 11, they're nine and six. So I still do have some toys. Like I kind of keep all of them out, but I have some that are upstairs and the rest are in the basement.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I was wondering. I was like, I think I'm assuming the kids get to a point where they probably do grow out of the toy rotation as they become more independent and have their own spaces. Yeah. So, ideally, this is going to work from probably toddlers to eight, nine, I would assume.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, though, that those years are the most important years when it comes to building those skills, using their imagination, being creative, and you don't want them to be overwhelmed by their toys. So, I think those ages are the are when toy rotation will be most useful, but also like it will have the most lasting impact on the kids.
0: For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads, home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit Tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. Something else I thought a mom might think of is, hey, my kid might not like that he knows that toys are hidden away from him. But I feel like, again, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. They're not really focusing on the things that they don't have because they have things in front of them.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely out of sight, out of mind. And if they're concerned, so if there's like something they absolutely love, play with every day, never get sick of, keep that out all the time. You know, mm-hmm. make up your own rules. But also, if your kids are concerned, you can say like, "I'm not getting rid of a single thing. We yeah. all have it. Let's just give it a break." And then also, when you pull out those toys that they haven't seen in two or three months, they don't care. Yeah, <laughs> like all the toys that they're worried about losing, like they're not worried about it anymore.
0: Absolutely. We also do this with crafts too. So we don't have yeah. all the crafts out always. We try to we try to bring in different bins of crafts throughout the week. So.
1: Like I said, I like to keep toys that that kids can really get creative and imaginative with. Mm-hmm. But I also match up my toys differently to create new scenarios in which they can play. So we have a little cash register. And we have a kitchen with food in it. So maybe I'll put out a little table because they have like a little table they do crafts on. Maybe I'll put the table there. Maybe I'll get the cash register out. And then maybe we'll just put some food on the shelf without the actual kitchen. They can go food shopping and then it's like a little store. Um, we have a doctor's kit, but sometimes I'll throw some stuffed animals in the doctor's kit and find like a printable for a vet set. And then they can play doctor or play vet with their stuffed animals. So Um, depending on the toy, I mean, dress up, there's so many possibilities, puppets, tons of possibilities. Um, You can really mix and match what you've got out to create different scenarios that will encourage your children to be more creative and imaginative. Mm -hmm. No, I love that idea. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. I just love to, um, to really get the maximum amount of use out of the things that we keep. So just by mixing and matching them differently, they can play in a totally different way, which is just wonderful.
0: Yeah. So if someone hasn't implemented their own toy rotation and thinks that what we're saying sounds good, why would you, I guess, sell it to them? Why would you suggest that they implement a toy rotation?
1: Okay. So we know that when there are a lot of toys out, kids get overwhelmed they don't treat their toys properly. And they say that they're bored. They're not bored. They're overwhelmed because they don't know what to do. They can't clean up their space. They can't take care of their things. It's just all too much. It's not healthy for their little brains. Um, And if you, if you throw it back to like cavemen days, like human brains are not designed to have all of these things coming at them all of the time. So you're not doing your kids a favor by having Too many toys. Now, that being said, I think there are a lot of really fabulous toys that offer a lot of different options. So, you also don't want to like take everything away and leave them with like two toys. So, toy rotation is a great middle ground between having a wider variety of toys that they may learn from and play with and enjoy, but also not having too much out at any given time. You can control what's out. You can kind of, you know, be the puppet master of the ways that they're going to play with the toys and you can help make them more responsible and encouraged because it's a lot easier to clean up maybe three or four categories of toys than it is to clean up an entire playroom full of toys that are dumped everywhere.
0: Absolutely. And again, I think that this is as with all minimalism it's going to look different for every family or where you're storing it, how often you rotate. I mean, you could do yes. it every week, once a month, or once a quarter. And then also you could convince another mom to do this and then rotate your boxes with her. I, I don't totally know. Could. That may seem yeah. like a lot to someone, but I think it could be a cool way to also get brand new to you toys and then also get them back like whenever is. it is. Like you know, I
1: think toys like especially minimal not they don't they don't get a bad rap, but like we it's so easy to go overboard. Mm -hmm. And then you're not doing your kids any favors. So toys aren't bad. Mm -hmm. Too many toys is bad. So rotation helps you keep it in check, but still, you know, provide you with the different options. So yeah, I love the idea of trading it with, with different families and stuff like that. Another thing is that I have some toys, I'm just never going to get rid of them. They were just so meaningful to to my kids and so meaningful to me. It's hours of their childhood. When I have them all banded up in the toy rotation system, I can take the toys that are no longer age appropriate and I can just tuck them on a shelf because yes, I'm saving toys for my grandkids someday. Like not everything, but like the Duplos, they're getting saved forever. They never go out. So the toy rotation, like having everything binned, having it, all the, in the same kind of bins, it makes me happy.
0: And, uh, it's easy to, to take categories out. So, yeah, absolutely. And I also think lastly, this is really important to me, especially now that we're homeschooling just with having my kids create more independence in in themselves. I'd say they'd always, they've always been pretty independent, but with bringing in different toys, I feel like it allows them to be more engaged in those toys they haven't seen in a long time, which in turn, like actually does create more independence. It might also be on the flip side that they want more of your attention during that time, but I've noticed it's created more independence in them. Yeah, absolutely. More independent. And, and like maybe at first, like if you bring out a new toy
1: and like how I was saying, mixing and matching them by bringing out different ways to play, like, yes, maybe at first you can kind of sit with them and demonstrate for them how a vet might examine a pet and how to use the clipboard and the chart that you've stuck in the doctor's kit for them. But once they catch on, they probably won't need you anymore. And they'll probably take it in directions that you didn't even like anticipate. And just it will keep them busy for so much longer.
0: Yeah. And I think too, lastly, if someone feels like they're listening to us again and they want to implement this, but it feels overwhelming, I would just start to notice what your kids aren't playing with. Yeah. Remove those, put those in the box for the toy rotation, and then do it again, maybe in a month, see if what they're not yeah. playing with then, and then bring in the old one. And there you go. Like it doesn't have to be this, it yeah. doesn't have to be this extravagant scenario. No, it definitely doesn't. It can be any
1: timeline you want. It can be like any amount of toys in any amount of toys out. It really doesn't have to be complicated.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, Melissa, this I think was somewhat short and sweet, but I feel like it was jam-packed with information on how listeners can do this. And it is, it's so beneficial when you do this. Again, I don't do it with all of our toys, but even just the Christmas books and the few right. toys here and there, it's been really helpful. So where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you online? I have a website and a blog, um, www.lifewithlessmess.com. And then also on
1: Instagram, it's at life.with.less.mess.
0: Well, as we're wrapping things up here, I'm going to ask you, I can't remember. Did you answer these questions last time around? I think I, I think I did. I feel like you did. Yeah. Well, let's ask again, what is something that you are simplifying right now? AKA what is your minimalist moment of the week?
1: I just decluttered well I just decluttered like five more big boxes of stuff from my home it's like a full-time job you know even when you feel like you've decluttered there's always more and specifically like my fall decor I told myself that if I could get my bins down from four bins down to three bins then I could splurge on some weatherproof slash pest proof bins because Mm -hmm. we are having stink bug issues in our garage so Um, I did that and I grabbed some new weatherproof bins and, you know, I just know I'm getting old.
0: It's the simple things that make me happy, but I'm so thrilled with my bins. I love it. And you are totally right. It's like you declutter once and then it somehow happens that you need to declutter again. It's never, never. never All right. Lastly, what is something that you can't stop talking about? I just really i am enjoying
1: decluttering. And I know it's kind of along the lines of what I just said, but as I, the more that I organize, I'm a professional organizer. I go into people's homes and it's not, oh, it's 99 times out of a hundred. It's, it's the too much stuff. That's the problem that's mm-hmm. preventing people from being organized. So I'm just re- really on a minimalism kick and I'm offering uh clutter coaching services now rather than, I mean, I still offer my organization, but Just in addition to, because I think that they're separate and, and really you have to battle that clutter before you can get it all organized. And so it's just the direction I'm heading in right now.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. Well, again, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show again. I always appreciate your wisdom and go follow her if you haven't listeners, because she provides great advice on Instagram. So thank you. you for having me on. I appreciate it. What did you think of the episode? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a
0: better place.